Hey gang, that's new music just released by fellow StreamYard creator Roberto Blake. We'll talk a little bit more about that during the news segment, but we have a great guest today, Jeff in high depth. Jeffrey Fitzgerald is here. He spent a lifetime in video and television and live streaming, and it's going to be exciting to get his thoughts not only on what's coming up uh in 2021 what he sees what trends but also to talk to him about how he produces video take a pro eye into some of the different things that we do or we would like to or aspire to do one day so it's the last show of the year we're gonna do this but first check out this video and learn a little bit more about our guest and then he goes to they say NCAFC fire recruitment. From Murphy to Mantio, your greatest adventure awaits right where you are. Join the ranks of your neighbors helping neighbors. We're the North Carolina Association of Fire Chiefs. This is our state, our town, our community. While I think is an understatement, we are so grateful to the National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences for the recognition of two regional Emmy Awards for our work with the International Association of Fire Chiefs and the North Carolina Association of Fire Chiefs and the North Carolina Fire Recruitment PSA that has done so well for the community. And I think that's the best part of this story, that almost 700 new potential leads are filing into North Carolina to serve their community. And I think that's a story that won't go away anytime soon. All right, we're having a little bit of technical difficulties here. Um, I am using a desktop. I got a desktop not that long ago. I, I heard the rave reviews about the new Mac Mini, uh, the M1 chip, and been using. I had been using a MacBook Pro from... 2015 mid 2015 i think and seemed to be getting a little tired a little slowing down some and i thought okay before i go out and spend like three to four thousand dollars that i don't want to spend because i'd much rather if i have that to just throw around i'd much rather spend that on audio and video gear or a vacation when we can do those kind of things again so I said, let me try this. You know, it's it's under a thousand dollars. It's it's getting rave reviews, and it's great. But I'm not totally prepared. I have an external keyboard that I use with my laptop sometimes, and I've been using that, and it's been going good. But right now, it's causing me all types of trouble. So I can click with my mouse, but I can't necessarily type anything in. And so we will get to any type of calls to action. Hopefully they're all ready uh, in the in the setup, ready to go, or they will be in a video. And of course, you can find out all about our great guest today, Jeff in high def, Jeffrey Fitzgerald, in the descriptions on YouTube and on Facebook. So. Welcome to StreamYard Connect. I'm Ross Brand. We're here every Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern, on the StreamYard Facebook page, on the StreamYard YouTube channel, and on my Twitter and Periscope. And it is the last episode of the year. And, of course, as you see behind me, we, we, we do these predictions every year, and this year, they're coming out a little bit later. I've been working frantically on these things, and 
I, I can't think of a better person than than Jeff to talk to today. Somebody who's seen the development of live streaming from the perspective of a broadcaster, a TV professional, somebody who's done corporate videos. Basically, if there's a type of video broadcasting, whether it's television, whether it's uh, corporate video, uploaded video, live video, production, voiceover, whatever it is, Jeff's got experience either doing it or knowing how to do it or teaching it or probably all of them put together. So I can't wait to get his thoughts on what's going on in live video as we move into 2021, what you need to know in order to succeed with live video, but also take a look at his career and some of the excellent work that he's produced, as well as what it was like when he was starting out and working through the years. So uh, one of the things uh, going on with StreamYard right now, as you can tell because of my keyboard, I do not have access to the slides that you normally see at the moment so what we'll do is i'll just tell you about it i'll just do this completely off the top of my head because that's how i do most of my shows anyway but the slides are usually a guide okay so i'm gonna just go into brand here i want to show you that we now have these new themes we had talked about them but they are available and that is the new bubble theme and when I put a content a comment, easy for me to say, on the screen, it goes something like that. There's a little bit of animation. And hey, Damon, good to see you. Thanks for joining us on YouTube. And so that's the bubble theme. I think it looks pretty nice. Um, I, I like how the comments look. I've always been a fan of StreamYard's minimalist theme, but I enjoy this and... Now let's switch this over and I will show you the block theme. So it's a little bit like the, the def this is the default. This is the minimal. As you watch the name tags, this is the bubble and this is the block. So let's see how a banner looks. Uh, let me find a banner that we can, we can use here. Um, okay. By the way, if you aren't yet using StreamYard, LivestreamUniverse.com slash StreamYard, LivestreamUniverse.com slash StreamYard to get started. Okay, so this is what it looks like when you use a banner in the block mode. And as I go into brand, this is the new bubble mode. Again, this is the new block mode. You can see minimal, which is, of course, my familiar, what you're used to seeing on this show. And then there is default as well. I think these new themes look really nice, at least when you're on solo. We can test them out later when we have uh, two people on screen and you can see some of the background. We'll see what they look like uh, at that point as well. Uh, again, LivestreamUniverse.com slash StreamYard if you're not yet using StreamYard. So that's the big new feature. Um, I'll, let me show you what it looks like with all of them with the comments as well. Uh, Beauty Bubble says, wow, new music bed. How very cool. Yeah, Roberto Blake is creating music. And uh, after the show, I will go on my phone. If I don't have a keyboard available, I will put a link in the description on both YouTube and Facebook where you can get Roberto's music. It's 69 cents on iTunes. You can download it. You can use it in your 
production. You don't have to worry about copyright. Um, I think it's a great service that Roberto's doing, creating this music for uh, video creators to use and not have to worry again about copyright. Okay, so the point here was to show you what this looks like. So that is the block style. That is the bubble style. Love that animation. Switch back to the block. So you see both of them have animation. And then you have the minimal, which looks like it's added some animation too. Look at that. <laughs> How cool is that? And then the default is the default. But I love that uh, even the minimal one, which has been around probably for a year or more, uh, also has animation right now. So that's uh, what a comment looks like when you do that. And again, there's LivestreamUniverse.com slash StreamYard if you want to go ahead and get started with StreamYard before the new year. I I'm definitely doing this very much radio style because I do not have the visuals that I normally have in order to uh, put those up, give you the information, and then look at the camera. So for somebody who doesn't look at the camera a lot, uh, I'm going to be very much in, in, in radio mode today, but we'll just talk our way through this. And we have Jeff and High Def coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, another story I wanted to mention uh, quickly is that we, we've been talking each week. I've come up with another TV person or famous person using StreamYard. And this week it's, Gary Vaynerchuk, who you may know does a regular show using StreamYard, but he had Dave Portnoy, who's the founder of Barstool Sports, which is part sports, it's part comedy, it's a pretty big online sports community, news and entertainment. I'm, I'm not sure exactly whether to characterize them more as news or entertainment, but anyway, he's a funny guy, and... He started getting mad and he said, you know, all these people are out of work. All these small businesses are suffering and the people who've got a ton of money and are supporting the lockdowns aren't doing anything to put their money where their mouth is and help small business owners. So he's put together from Barstool Sports some of his own money, some of his company's money, I believe, and they're going out and they're hitting up people to raise money so that they can help small businesses who otherwise would have to let go of their workers, fire their workers, maybe even shut down. Uh, families are suffering, and it's a really cool thing that he's doing. He's gotten a lot of, a lot of press, but it, it was just after seeing him on some of the news channels and sports channels, seeing him using StreamYard to connect with Gary Vaynerchuk and, and talk about what he's doing, um, that's pretty cool for this week. And uh, don't forget, our guest next week is Madeline Smithberg, who is the former co-creator and executive producer of The Daily Show. She's also a producer with Letterman. We're going to talk to her about how she's using StreamYard and also just the transition from TV to live streaming, going from you know, big production to a small team and talk about her Mad in the Kitchen show, which is a lot of fun. She's got a great sense of humor and she's seen it all on the TV side. So uh, don't don't miss that next week, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern on 
Wednesday. So I think we got to everything that I was going to get to. And if not, eh, we'll get to it next week. Let's go to our guest because we've got a great one. I can't wait to bring him in. It's Jeff in high def. Mr. Jeffrey Fitzgerald, two-time Emmy winner, not one-time Emmy winner, two-time Emmy winner. He's had a 30-plus year career in video. He runs the website jeffinhighdef.tv. Tell us a little bit, Jeff. First of all, welcome. It's great to have you on the show. It's awesome to be with you. You know that, especially here at New Year's. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a huge fan of what you do, and I, I I've watched your a lot of your videos, and then getting ready for the show, I just dove in to your Vimeo channel, and was like, oh, let me see if I can download this one. Let me see if I can download that one. So we may not have slides, but we we do have videos already uploaded. And I, I want to play for you, uh, not for you so much. I think you've seen it before. You probably devoted a good amount of time to working yeah. on it. But I want to play for everybody. And I'm not putting this in the container that I usually put a, a clip in because the quality and, and the beauty of, of the, the video and the presentation, along with the voiceover and everything, this is... The PSA that uh, Jeffrey did that won him the two Emmys. They say we can never go back. That this faster pace of life has all but erased helping each other. That when money talks, giving walks. Yeah, some may say that. But they don't live here in North Carolina. Tar Heel pride sticks together through thick and thin. You can see it in our heroes. Our men and women of the fire service. Where the minute you need us, we're already there. And we brought company. It's true, there's no paycheck waiting in the ashes. No performance bonus for cutting the metal around a beating heart. But make no mistake, our reward is far more valuable, far more personal. It's going to bed knowing you could go to bed too. Or smiling when she comes back to say thank you in tears. Being part of the volunteer fire service is making Carolina stronger in every sense of the word. And it's for everyone about the caring mom who also teaches fire safety, the geek behind the scenes working social media like a boss, or the retired accountant who just raised money for a needed fire truck. But more than anything, it's about time you found your inner hero. From Murphy to Mantio, your greatest adventure awaits right where you are. Join the ranks of your neighbors helping neighbors. We're the North Carolina Association of Fire Chiefs. This is our state, our town, our community in unity. Be a volunteer today. Help make North Carolina stronger. I'm honestly not sure whether I'm getting a tear in my eye watching that because of the story or because that's video done at its best. At its high, There's not one wrong note in that entire video. I get a chuckle out of the geek, be what the geek who's social a boss on geek. social media, or whatever. But really, I mean, that is so beautifully done. Can you tell us? You won two Emmys. You were nominated for four. Tell us a little bit about what that was like, uh, getting that acknowledgement, and what the categories you actually took home the Emmys in. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'll be honest with you, Ross. I'm pretty. I'm an introverted extrovert. I love being in front of people. Never met a microphone I didn't like. Right. The, uh, the the whole Emmy conversation is harder for me because, you know, it's something that is the pinnacle for anybody that's in in journalism or in broadcast. And 
uh, in, in now in, you know, other online forms of media. And uh, it was the first time that I had entered. Uh, but I don't think the Emmy is actually the story here. And I'll tell you why. Real quick, mm-hmm. I was nominated for four off of this uh, campaign uh, for writing for uh, the photography, which is the cinematography for the editing and the best PSA community campaign. And it won for community campaign and for the photography. Um, but I want to turn the conversation in a little bit of a different direction because I want to tell you about the fear that I had going into mm-hmm. doing this uh, in uh, January of 2019. Um, we all know that when you get a, a project that has the potential to reach a, a lot of people, and I've done many of those, you, you start right. thinking about how can I make it really cool? And, you know, I'm going to need this uh, 80 foot dolly track. And, oh, yeah, I need the drone that can fly from the blimp and, you know, all these things. Right. Um I didn't have any of those things. You know, I've worked for myself for a long time and I, I feel a very blessed from God to have learned a lot of things to try to up the game where I could, because I didn't have a lot of the things and resources that I, I really wanted to have. Uh, and so uh, in January it rolled around, I had planned for months. I was going to save up and buy some big equipment and all this stuff, a big uh, camera that will um, do the bokeh and, and all those things. And I ended up going and taking the camera that you're actually looking at me on right now. I use it for my webcam. It's a Sony PXWZ90. It is a broadcast 4K camera, but it's very small. And I went down for three days and embedded myself with the uh, uh, fire department in Wilson, North Carolina, Silver Lake uh, Volunteer Fire. And I rode with them for uh, a number of uh, different shots. I remember freezing my butt off uh, in 20 degree weather, trying to be on outside of one truck, trying to record the other. And the whole time I'm thinking, am I going to, am I going to make something that's even worth watching? Is it even going to be something that somebody cares about? Is, is there enough there? Do I have enough in me to do something at the level that I really see the vision for? And uh, it was just me and that camera. And um, I think looking back on it, I, I personally think that the, you know, the, that the project was, blessed in certain ways, uh, if you know what I mean. It was just something that came together so beautifully that I don't know that I had all the the pieces on that. I know I didn't in a lot of ways, but there was a lot of fear there, Ross, because of the fact that, you know, you, you go in, whether you're live streaming today and right. you're trying to figure out how am I going to get known? How am I going to get my, my message out? What is my, you know, my voice, you know, where do I find my place in this world? Those things come through the arts. And for me, this was one of those moments where I knew one way or another, people would know my name, whether it would be like a good thing or a bad thing or Maybe I'd not even think about it thing. Right, right. And coming out of it, uh, seeing the success, and to me, the success with this campaign, bringing in the leads for 700 new people at that point, it's probably closer to 800 now, um, was really where the win was on that. I do a lot of work Mm -hmm. in the fire rescue community, a lot of strategic marketing. I help volunteer fire rescue, find their voice, find their message, their greater purpose, their greater meaning. And it was really just an honor to, to even be recognized. So for me, the Emmy thing has really become so personal that it's almost a much bigger deal to other people. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, it is really nice and very, very uh, um, humbling to think that you finally did something somebody thought was pretty good. Wow. Well, it's it's phenomenal. Now, you you did all the shooting on one camera, your camera. Mm-hmm. All You did it all yourself. Uh, is that a video camera or is that a, a mirrorless camera? What kind of camera is it? No, this is actually a traditional video camera. It's one of the okay. compact cameras. It's, you know, mine's got SDI on it and it's, uh, it was about $2,800 when I bought it. Uh, it's got a flat profile to it. So you can kind of move some mm-hmm. things around in post-production to make it more vibrant or, you know, raise the highs and lows of the, the colors and, and brightness and things like that. Um, but it was really me a lot of times handheld too, you know, just trying to figure out where those shots were around the accident scene, 
I wanted to go um, deep and personal. I think one of the biggest mistakes we make when we shoot is that we shoot from a distance. If somebody hands you a phone at Applebee's right. and says, hey, take a picture of my family, why is the picture like this big and you've got all the other people <laughs> staring at you taking the photo and everybody you want there, right? It's like you get in there and you get emotional. Right. Video and communication uh, with video, however it's done, whether it's a talking head or if it's a PSA like this one, has to have some emotion. It has to, it has to connect to somebody emotionally before they're ever going to care about it. And that's that bigger why that I think is so important in a lot of this. Now, you had uh, must have had actors, right? You weren't just waiting for a fire or a crash, right? That was all lit and set up so that it would be able. Am I correct? Well, we had no actors. Every oh, wow. person in that was a real volunteer firefighter, uh, either a support member, an admin member, they call them. Or somebody who's operationally a first responder. But you and set up the scenes. We right? set up it all the scenes. The, you weren't yeah. uh, waiting on call for something. No, no, to, because right. of the, obviously there's very strict uh, policy there that you can't just hop on a scene and hope to right, catch right. something, and you know, the people don't know you're coming. Um, but we recreated the uh, the accident scene. We took four hours to do it. Um, I went to great detail to have them tip the car over, break the windows. I wanted to have some smoke around it, that kind of thing. Right. We put a drone in the air and got some really really good shots there, but. Um, you know, it was a lot. Some of it was trickery, too. The, the very quick scene of the fireman carrying the, the child out of the house with the smoke and the fire. You could see just a little lick of fire behind the door. Um, we actually filled the house with party fog from a fog machine and put some red lights up that flickered. And then later on, I went into After Effects and added a little bit of fire around that door just to give it the, the kind of the mental picture that something was going on there. But um, but yeah, it was really it, it wasn't that it was low budget, but it was that um, I think for me, what I'm saying through all of this, Ross, is that it stretched me in ways that I was very right. uncomfortable with because I I knew I had certain things in me that could contribute to a bigger purpose and certainly to a better production. But man, when it's just you on a cold January day and you're holding your camera and one of your batteries has already died and the other one's getting low and you're still shooting and you're OK, I got more to you know, that kind of thing puts a lot on you. And that I think is so characteristic of the conversation today about, you know, no matter who you are, what you're, whatever you're trying to do with video, whatever that is, don't be afraid of it. And in other words, I think for me, what I learned is you run to the roar, you know, mm -hmm. because fear has this wonderful way of scaring you until you stand up to it. And then it takes off running because it really right. was nothing to begin with. And so I think that's, I think that's a good message all the way around, really. What is involved in writing a script like that that really hits the, the right notes? Um, clearly, when you write for broadcast, you want to leave some space in there. You don't want to have long, complex, clause-filled sentences and everything. But to actually have it where, like I say, to me is almost musical, like everything hit the right note. How many times did you have to go over that? How much did you get input from other people? How did that all come together? The script I wrote uh, when the proposal opened up in November uh, before uh, in November of uh, 2018, I actually wrote the whole the, I wrote the script myself. I share it with a few people, my family and things like that. But by and large, I'm usually pretty well set on what I think I want to communicate. Uh, and it's one of those things where I think visually, you know, I see pictures before I see words and I always have. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's, what's really important. And so many, I think so many people think, and I, I think about some of the jobs I've worked as an employee where the boss will walk in and go, Hey Jeff, create this magnificent thing. And you've got three hours to do it. And I'll come back tomorrow and take a look at it. And I'm like, you don't know how many times you wake up in the middle of the night, three or four in the morning. And then there's the idea. That's when it hits, you know, it's that right. kind of thing. 
and my wife knows I rarely am in bed at the same time she is. And a lot of times I'm, I'm up all night working because it's just, it's my vibe and that's kind of my mood. But, um, but the script took shape because of the fact that I had spent, and I I'm still in the fire system. I'm not a firefighter. I want to always be clear about that. I'm not a first responder, but I've been in since uh, just a little before nine 11, I joined because I wanted to spotlight my friends that were in the, the fire department who were heroes. And, through that time of being there, being on the trucks, being at that time, the only person allowed to ride a fire truck with a camera who wasn't an operational firefighter. I learned a lot about what was going on. And I one day realized that I actually was every bit of the, the same person in the system they were, but I was serving in a different capacity, contributing mm-hmm. in a different way. My message was to bring to light what they're doing and to help bring in the people to, to, to backfill that. Uh, later on uh, in 2017, I, be, I moved uh, to a small town here a little farther away, a couple miles away. And became president of a fire station that uh, was about to close after 78 years because they had declining uh, membership, a lot of toxicity, you know, everybody's blaming everybody, you know, the typical thing we see everywhere. And I was able to turn it around through a lot of things, which are really what I, you know, I call the vision, the role, the impact Mm -hmm. in the story. What is the vision you have for tomorrow? Where are we going to be tomorrow? What is your role in that? What is that impact going to look like? If you can define what that impact looks like, that kind of tells you what you need to do. And then everybody knows there's going to be a story about you. Is it going to be a good one or a bad one? So what is the vision? What is your role? What is your impact? And what is your story? And that worked. It really worked. Today, we're healthy. We're nowhere near back where we need to be, but we are not gone. But we've probably grown three times as mm-hmm. big as we were at the time. We only had, you know, maybe 15 people left at that point. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's one of these things where you really have to, you really have to kind of think about where you can make the biggest impact. And for me, it's always been about the heart. I think if you can move the heart, you can move anything visually. Wow. Well, it's really powerful. Now let's talk a little bit about editing. What, what you, you probably use a program just like most people who are creating videos for YouTube or repurposing their live streams. What programs do you use? How do you go about not only editing, but preserving the quality of video and not cluttering things up and Mm -hmm. making all these smooth, beautiful transitions. There's a lot that goes into what you did in that video to make it come out so beautifully. Talk a little bit about that, that process. Sure. No, I used Canva. No, um, I uh, actually, you know, I, I use uh, at the moment I'm using Adobe uh, Premiere Pro. I've been using that for mm-hmm. about 10 years. Uh, I'm not it, these days as big a fan of it as I was. I feel like it's a little clunky mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes I have problems with it. I think should have been dealt with years ago, right. but I do. I use Adobe Premiere. Um, before that, I was using Final Cut uh, and before that Media 100 and Avid and uh, I've used Edius. There's a bunch of them I've used. But um, but Premiere Pro, the thing I love about it is that everybody can get to it. And um, it's really funny because I have sometimes I have somebody ask me about editing, you know, like we're talking about today. And they're like, well, what did you use? Because people somehow think that there's some button or feature that they can upgrade for $39. And all of a sudden it looks kind of neat or something toward what something I've put together would look like. And it's not necessarily that I'm saying it's all me. But if you really strip down an editing system, it really comes down to two things. It's cuts and it's a fade or a transition. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's when you do it. And I think that, uh, Ross, for, for live streamers, I think this is where there's a really good uh, conversation point because I think we focus way too much in the live stream community on technology. It's incredibly important. We all love it. Mm-hmm. We all like the kill of views. We like, uh, you know, SRTs coming out and becoming right. full, you know, and it's beautiful. We love the fact, I mean, you've got the new Sure SM7 there. I mean, that's bold. You know, those kind of things are great. Um, but it comes back to how do you tell your story in a way somebody's going to pay attention? And sometimes 
the, you know, the, if you were to edit something, sometimes maybe the greatest thing to do is to leave a pause in there, you know, and uh, it's, it's subjective style in a lot of ways, but really, you know, the editing tool is, is I think pretty much ubiquitous. I don't know that I believe in the apps for the iPhone. I think those are very limited, right? But uh, in terms of, you know, what you're going to do, if you were going to watch something, somebody was going to walk up to you and show you, uh, you know, say, Hey, check out my new video. What would you want to see? Do you always want to see a talking head? Well, today that's what we have, right? That there's no way around that. And there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> by any stretch, but how can you show a story and not tell a story? Right. One of right. the things I think is so funny, we'll see so many people on uh, even big names in the, you know, the live world or, or the online video world. And they're like, I was just at this big conference where I just met this great person, or I just did this great thing. And you think, right why didn't you record it? Right. Why, why, why aren't we seeing it? Right. Right. So I think that some of that is really important too. Yeah, definitely. It, it's definitely important. And basically what you're saying if to sum to sum it up is there's any number of tools out there that you could have used. It's your vision. It's your touch. It's your sense of what to use your experience. There's so many it's, it's things. It's the story. It's, yeah. it, the microphone doesn't make for a good conversation. It just, that's, that's a great comment. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so after doing that, you mentioned 700 uh, new recruits leads. or new yep. leads, people applying, which is just, just phenomenal. And now you're going on to work with other fire departments. Tell us, what, what's next for you on, on yeah, that you know, area? My, my work revolves in, in three different areas. One is strategic marketing for fire rescue, live streaming, <laughs> virtual remote production, doing remote shows. I did a show during COVID for a Grammy winning duo uh, in the Bay Area for their artists that were really eclectic and cool. So I've done a, I've done a lot of that. And also then it's the business world, you know, that's been here for a long time doing the promotional marketing videos. I do a little bit of media mentoring. Right, got a new right. Facebook group, a private group where I'm, I'm looking for folks that uh, they kind of, I don't want to say meet a criteria, but I'm looking for people that really are going to be vulnerable and share stuff that's not ready for prime time so we can make it better, that kind of thing. Uh, and um, the, the the fire part of it, I've done a lot of work through the International Association of Fire Chiefs. And so now I'm working on a PSA here this year for Virginia, the way the one you saw for North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just want to contract for my first national PSA, which is really, uh, really a cool thing for wildfire prevention with the Ready, Set, Go program. So I'm looking forward to 2021 being able to help make people safer and make a bigger impact in the fire rescue world. That's awesome. We're talking with Jeffrey Fitzgerald. His website is jeffinhighdef.tv. And I had a slide all set to go for New Year's Eve. You're producing <laughs> a special music event. Tell everybody a little bit about that. And is it something anybody can tune in and watch or participate in? Yeah, you know, I'll put a, a link in the, the comments. This is a, a paid uh, music event. It's a live stream event mm -hmm. from the home of Joe Coleman. And I know that some people may or may not know that name. You may have never heard of it, but you've heard him because mm -hmm. he is the 20 year voice of the platters. And uh, with him, he's now part of a bigger group called the voices of classic soul Theo peoples, who was the only member to be part of the temptations and the four tops, uh, Joe <laughs> Blunt, who was the uh, longtime singer of the drifters and all these songs that you, you sway to that come on the radio right. that you go, man, that's our song, babe. These are the guys that created those those uh, wonderful tunes, those memorable uh, soul classics that we, we love. And uh, tomorrow night uh, at 10 o'clock, uh, we're producing a two hour Zoom event uh, live from the living room while I'm trying to dress it up a little bit. It is very much what we see, uh, you know, from the homes and things like that, because that's what we're dealing with here with COVID. 
and we didn't want to do something that would put anybody in jeopardy. And uh, it's going to be really cool. It's uh, it, it's a, a moment where I think uh, you can have a little bit of celebration and fun in spite of the the pain of 2020. And uh, speaking of that, Ross, I'm going to show you guys a little uh, a little. Uh, uh, I call it a toy, but it's not a toy here. I want to show you something here that I've got here in my studio at the moment I've been playing with for the last uh, two or three days. Nice. This is a slider dolly that is motorized. A lot of you may know what this is. And uh, this is an incredible component to tomorrow night because I don't have another camera person. I can't bring a lot of people. It's going to be me and my daughter will be helping me. Who's a longtime producer with me. And uh, we are going to put this up to be our wide shot on the trio. That's more of an unplugged session. There's not going to be a drummer. There's going to be a guitarist and a bassist and Joe singing. Uh, in addition to the roll-ins, we're going to have uh, Landau Murphy, who was the uh, season six winner of America's Got Talent, uh, coming uh, in uh, over Zoom. We're doing a lot of uh, things like that. And we're, we're looking for ways to make it a little bit better, to dress it up. And this slaughter dolly um, is a GVM model. It's four foot long, 48 inches long, uh, and it was $350. And I was so amazed that it wow. worked as well as it does. Uh, and uh, we're going to put it to uh, to its test and paces tomorrow night. But it's, it, it's just another example of finding something that is affordable that dramatically, you know, when you really look at it, it dramatically changes the look of, of what, you know, what a shot can look like. And there's there's no pain on it. You set it up, you just make sure you've got it set right and, Everything looks the way it's supposed to. And so it's one of those things that uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing how I can use it in other places as well. Obviously, I love playing with it here in the in the room. But Right, right. So uh, the event is is uh, New Year's Eve. That's tomorrow night. And uh, some classic soul, blues, R&B, and uh, a good time. And basically, you and your daughter are doing all the heavy lifting. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. And, we're, and, and I, you know, the thing is, you know, the COVID has taught all of us that we've had to learn how to work doing multiple jobs uh, without right. resources. I mean, you know, when it even goes back to when I was producing the TV show, uh, I produced a TV show that was on uh, a Sunday morning public policy program on the local CBS uh, affiliate here in Washington, D.C. that was actually uh, on 32 PBS stations. And when I first got there in 2010, the control room had eight people in it. Uh, you know, one for the prompter, one directing a technical director. There was an audio right, person. Right. There was me yelling in my host ear, that kind of thing. By the time I left, everything was so automated, much like we see today with vMix and other products like that. Mm -hmm. It was the director, the audio person, and me. And wow. that was that. Uh, that show ended five years ago. So I mean, we've all learned how to automate. The technology stepped up to fill the void where we we can't figure out how to do things uh, that are complex. And now with one button, we can kind of do so many great things. So, yeah, we're going to do it, the two of us, and uh, it'll be a great event. And um, it just speaks to the fact that if you, when you get creative, anything's possible, right? Right. Absolutely. We're talking with Jeffrey Fitzgerald. Jeff and HighDef.TV is his website. And we've got the keyboard working again, so we have <laughs> some slides. But rather than slides, I want to talk to you about something totally different that you did, and that is some sports broadcasting take a look at this are you all in this season are you counting down to kickoff we are a7fl nation starts now 
Wow, I can feel it. Hello, everybody. I'm Jeff Fitzgerald, and you are watching the premiere episode of A7FL Nation, your new inside look at the American Sevens Football League, the teams, and its players. You know this is grassroots American football at the elite level, where every down they lay it on the line for honor, pride, and respect. A7FL Nation is here to show the world the best athletes and the most inspiring stories in our game today. Wow. So these guys play without pads and helmets, huh? They play with heart, no pads, and no helmets. And this is such an incredible league. The uh, video that you showed there, that was actually from a few years ago, from early 2018. And right. it was uh, produced for Facebook Watch before they were you know, putting everything on there. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were a small grassroots league that has slowly been growing. There's 20 teams up and down the eastern seaboard. They're growing a little bit more toward the west coast now. And um, this year, at 2020... With everything being shut down, football being shut down, they were the first league to come back and actually play. They did a four-game tournament uh, with four teams, and uh, they had uh, testing every uh, before every game uh, to make sure mm -hmm. things were good. And so they were they're innovating, and uh, they've got David Isaacs now, who is the founder of the MM. Uh, I think it's the uh, uh, MMC. I don't do a lot of the the uh, the kickboxing or things like that right, the right. fighting in the ring i don't know a lot about Not it familiar maybe, with that. maybe. <laughs> uh, but he's he's a really great uh, mentor to them and they really know what they're doing and it's going to be a an even cooler thing uh, once we're able to get out and really get loose and, and watch them play but it's actually safer than the nfl a lot of people believe and i personally believe that as well people don't put their head where they know it doesn't it doesn't go you know where it's not supposed mm. to go so right the helmet could be protection but it's also a weapon and mm -hmm. <laughs> big does... weapon yeah, a lot, lot. I would say the collisions aren't quite so intense when you're not slamming that 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 heaviness into each other. Um, I want to show another video clip quickly because it shows your versatility in terms of how you voice uh, different segments. In challenges like this, we look to our best and brightest for the contributions they will make one day. At MyExamsPrep.com, we know the value of building into your students' future with meaningful instruction in a virtual learning environment. Instilling the knowledge and confidence to achieve the highest scores in standardized testing. And we're honored to play a role in future doctors, engineers, scientists, and business minds. Because we know good preparation today makes a better world tomorrow for all of us. MyExamsPrep.com, connecting your students' future with confidence. We're in this together. Now, did you shoot that as well as voice it? The, the parts that were actually from the school were shot in uh, late January before COVID, one on lockdown, that footage sat for a while. They needed something to have during COVID. And what I did is I, I used a lot of the other shots that were from uh, story blocks, which is a, a stock footage place that I love. You can pay $200 a year and uh, have access to 4k footage. And I use a lot of it. And so it was a mix of, of stock and some of the, the, the work that I had shot. It's really good. And it shows, you know, voiceover writing, all these things. If you're going to do a variety of different types of projects, you can't approach everyone the exact same way. So <laughs> the man who's well, getting ready for the first, smash <laughs> crash football game of the season whatever it's got to be a little different than somebody who's trying to help with test prep <laughs> yeah i mean and that's the thing about it i mean you know some of the stuff is stereotypical you know sports mm -hmm. has a certain vibe and look to it you know you get that you know 
hey, it's sports look, you know, and all that right. kind of voice and things. But the, the reality is what where this applies to people who, who are watching is that you have to think about, you know, the stylistic part of, of what you're trying to communicate as much as the content. Right. Um, Ross, the biggest word that I think is overused and misunderstood in live streaming and in the online social uh, media space is the word content. Because we talk about it like it's something everybody knows what it is, and yet nobody knows what it is because it's right. inebrious, it's vague, it's a cup. You know, we don't walk around talking about our nice mug. We talk about what's in it. You know, it's, hey, right, this right. is a great coffee, not, hey, what a great coffee mug. But everybody gets that backwards. And so you have to be in, you have to really begin thinking about, um, you know, what are you trying to communicate? What are the, you know, the big message points there? But right. how are you going to tell them in a way that people are going to remember? I'm a big believer in simple, memorable slogans. And and I think that uh, if you can if you can think in those terms, you give somebody something to remember that they will remember you. I mean, that's you right. know, crazy as it sounds that, you know, my nickname, Jeff and high def, that is probably what most people know me now by. And probably they probably think my name's Julio or something. But, um, <laughs> but it's it's one of those things where you find some way to connect with somebody in, in their, uh, you know, mental cycle there where they're like, OK, I can put that in and, and keep that for later. But, um, yeah, you, the tone and, and style are very different. The uh, A7FL uh, piece that you saw, that was actually something I recorded here at my house. Uh, I did it in here. I, I still do a lot with uh, 3D software. I built a virtual set in Cinema 4D right. and try to make it look a little bit more like ESP and things like that. But, you know, you don't have to go so crazy to do that. You know, if you really think about it today, Ross, I really believe with all my heart, you take me or you take anybody else. Every, every one of us have giftings all our own. You know, it's great that you're, you're kind of, uh, you know, spotlighting me today. And I didn't expect all these videos that you're playing. <laughs> But the truth is, every single one of them, uh, of us, every single one of us has the same giftings. We're mm. unique. You know, God put fingerprints on us for a reason because we're very different, but yet we're all the same. And every one of us has something to offer this world. And we've got a message and we've got some talent that someone else doesn't have. And I've got a beautiful thousand dollar bass over there that I saved up for. I've been telling people I've been playing bass for three years and I'm still absolutely lousy because I'm not somebody who that's who I am, even though I want to be. You know, but it's one of these things where everybody's got something different to offer. So don't think that that it's like a totem pole. You know, I heard this from uh, I think it was Shay Robottom on LinkedIn last year, and it really changed my thinking a lot. You know, a lot of us think in terms of we're on a totem pole. We're somewhere maybe near the back of the lunch line and there's other people there. And obviously Gary Vaynerchuk's head up here at the top somewhere. But in reality, we're all radio stations. It's mm -hmm. a horizontal landscape, not a vertical. And it's where Ross, somebody will listen to you in the, the content that you bring, even if there was somebody doing it 10, 15 different ways in a different style, some even be right. thinking maybe it was better because it's, we, 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 we're attracted to a vibe someone has to their personality, to the things that they say to their giftings and to their talent. And so when you think about it that way, where it's horizontal, there's not nearly as much pressure to be able to right. go out there and say, you know what, I'm going to put myself out there. Even if I get three people watching, if three people knocked on your door tonight, you know, on my door and was like, Hey, we want to hear what you have to say about, uh, you know, live streaming or something. I'd be like, well, yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for, right. for coming. I'm honored you would be with me, but yet we play this quantity game where we think somehow that likes and follows and shares equals something of greater value. All that equals is greater potential reach. It doesn't right. do anything for your bottom line. And exactly. so I've never been a big fan of that kind of stuff. You know, my YouTube, uh, I've never messed with my YouTube and I'm actually getting ready to, so I've done this redone the studio. But I've got like four followers or something. And I'm first I'm thinking, why would they even follow me? I'm not producing anything specific for YouTube, you know. But it's one of these things where I think we 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 look at all the wrong things sometimes. We're almost removing the humanity from social media when it's a, all the words we use, friends and 
likes and all that kind of stuff we we use, but it's it's so anti that. And so right. when you get back to really being a person to a person and talking to them in a natural way, in a way that's just you, even with all the imperfections, great things are going to happen for you. That's awesome. That's really, really a great way to look at it. Before we get to trends and what people need to do uh, to move forward with live video in 2021, I want to take a quick look back because you had an interesting start and you've seen a lot of changes in technology and production styles throughout the years. So this is Jeff as a very young man. <laughs> yeah that that is quite young the uh the newspaper uh from the uh, washington star on the left that was uh may of 1979 so i was 14 <laughs> years old and uh, that is my mom she was a television producer so i was blessed to have some advantages being able to watch what tv looked like from a very very young age and uh the one on the right uh, you know all you kids today or 20 somethings think that you guys were doing video in your room for youtube well i was doing that in 1983 i uh, had a football team at that time it was a flag football team and uh, i was like i want to do the warrior report right. and this is my bedroom this is what my mom and dad would walk into all the time i took ceiling tiles and nailed them to the wall and then painted our little logo on there and i hung curtains up on the wall with no window built a fake desk and that was i think it was like paper around the front of the desk because i didn't have like stuff to make it look shiny and whatnot and my i remember my dad walking in looking at it and uh he was in heating and air conditioning very cool country gentleman he just looks at me and goes okay and just shut the door and that's that's kind of the way it was they encouraged me to just uh, be me and that that was the, the great thing about my mom and dad and uh that was uh, 1983, and uh, I can't believe it's been so long. It's, uh, it's just amazing. It seems like it's been an hour ago. <laughs> and then you started your first editing suite. You were editing VHS in 1988, <laughs> and then you actually got to work with your mom in 1993 on a documentary. Yeah, I did. Uh, the uh, the Amiga, I was in a, a big computer. If any of you are old enough to remember the Amiga computer, it was really the one that, that changed everything for why we have digital video today. Um, it housed the video toaster in the early 90s. That was the, the precursor to all the, the capture cards we have today, those things. And that edit system, that, J, uh, that JVC VHS edit system uh, in 1988 was $12,000. Wow. And I just... I, I can't believe even saying that 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 was the case. And yeah, in 1993, I was working on a, a documentary on drunk driving with my mom for PBS called uh, One for the Road. And uh, we, um, you know, we're all over the place shooting and uh, had a had a great learning, great learning experience. I was a beta cam operator for her. Michael I love the, the Amiga 500. The Amiga 500. Michael's been a pro in the uh, video world and television production and acting and movies and everything for uh, a long time and you might want to put a link when you have a chance in the comments to that slider i'm sure he would love that that slider that you were showing um so let's let's move up to today uh and and take a look at what you're seeing with live streaming as we go into 2021 what do what do audiences want from live streaming and what do brands that are looking to do their own production or hire somebody to do a production what 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 do they want as well is, is it the same thing is it different things what well, are people looking for out of live yeah, streaming in 2021 that's such a great question ross you know i don't think they're looking for the same thing and i'll tell you why mm -hmm. i find it very very interesting 
that in a world where we have a new buzzword toward the end of this year called Zoom fatigue, that people mm. are fatigued with Zoom, yet viewership on YouTube is through the roof, that tells me that they're not done watching online video. They're done watching boring, predictable online video. They're tired of hearing people talk at each other rather than something that has, again, greater meaning, greater purpose. You know, I, I frame my whole life over this. You know, I'm a, a man of faith, and I really believe that we all crave purpose, identity, security, and acceptance. And so if you can build those traits into the, the messaging of your brand, I think you're going to connect with people. And um, so people may have Zoom fatigue, but yet they, they're watching YouTube more and more and things right. like that. That tells you that the most creative YouTubers among us, the most creative people among us are doing something right. And um, I think that a lot, I'm just going to be honest here, I got a lot of friends in the live stream world that do production like I do, but I think a lot of folks are approaching it from an AV perspective. It's like gear. It's I set up, I, I load in, I set up, do the show, break down, go home. But they're not thinking about producing it in a way where you're leaving somebody with something that's memorable, not just switching shots and not just mm -hmm. a, a fade here or a transition there, but building in maybe an introductory package about the people you're talking about. And by right. the way, you can do that with, with photos, even if you can't get to them because of COVID. You know, some of the greatest stories are told, uh, you know, you think of Ken Burns, some of the greatest stories are told with slow moving shots. And there's a nice voiceover right. that's like, and Ross Brand one day owned the world, right? And it's like, you know, so there's so many great, great ways to do it, but we get boxed in. And the, the worst thing about this, uh, my friend, is I think we do this. We look left and we look right and we go, hey, Bob's doing the same work I'm doing online. I, mine looks like his. I think mine might be better. Judy's doing some good stuff. I'm pretty much where she is. So everything's great. Right. But nobody's looking up and down because if we were in a timeline and you look up at the cat and bacon that they're looking at above you or they're looking at CNN or some other form of media that is not what you're producing, you're compared to that just as much. You tend to think of it in your circle, but the viewer being somebody you don't even know is looking at a lot of different things. Uh, right. So where how I do think we make stream... this compelling? So in, in, yes. in the way that we present it, the way we talk, the way we have conversations, the topics we cover, right? So that somebody might say, let's tune into this live stream show instead of let's see what's on TV or let's see who uploaded a video on a topic that I'm interested in on YouTube. And there's a lot of competition out there, both within live streaming and in the general content uh, <laughs> sphere all, all throughout, from YouTube to blogs to video to TV to radio to cable to <laughs> streaming. Right. I mean, it's, it, you know, how, how do you stand out as a, as a live streamer and... Like you were saying, I think it's very important to think about how you're presenting it, not just versus who you think your competitor is or who you're measuring yourself is who's doing the same thing, but what can you learn from other genres that are working or other mediums that are working? Well, you know, this is this is honestly what I believe. If you lay everything out on a on a conceptual table, of what is uh, important, you know, whatever this looks like, you know, in terms of, you know, you being a live streamer, the only part of that that you can swap out that would make anything really different is the person. Right. The rest is, that doesn't matter whether it's a GH5 or if it's a different kind of Sony camera. Whatever. Okay. Those are all cool things, but it's all basically the same. You're the CPU in the computer. And right. so you have to be the thing that differentiates what's going out. Right. And I, I say this because for me, you know, I'm honored that, that, you know, you've obviously taken a liking to some of the things I've done. And the truth is, is that I always like the work I put out before I ever let it out. So I get my validation from the, the art itself and from the work itself. 
so that if I'm putting something out and there's not a big response online, I don't necessarily care as much. Right. But I think if, if we look at it somehow, like I'm going to stand in front of the class and read my book report and I'm looking for applause from everybody in the room and only three people do, then we're like, man, I must've failed horribly. But the truth is that's probably not the right way to measure yourself. Because again, I believe Mm -hmm. inherently, I'll say it again, that you are intrinsically valuable to God and to this world. And there is a way that you're going to be able to communicate for people like you. So I would say to answer Mm -hmm. that question, Ross, you do you and you do it the best way you can. You do it the most innovative. And you think of the people that are doing some really crazy innovative stuff online. They're just being themselves. I mean, if you took them out of it, they would be the same people if they were just sitting in a garage somewhere. That's, that's what I think. That's where I think the magic really is. And I have a hard time with that. That's my big weakness because I, spent so many years training myself to look proper stand up center myself into the camera talk with that nice voice and nowadays that stuff is a lot less necessary and certainly a lot less authentic to some people while i feel like i'm being authentic it to a lot of people may not even look that way right Right. so i think we overrate somehow that we always look at someone else's sizzle reel you've heard this we look at someone else's sizzle reel and yet we look at our behind the scenes and the truth is everybody's house is messy right i mean it's right right the way it is yeah, I mean, the same thing, like, you know, people say, oh, well, Ross is going into his radio voice. This, this is my voice. Like, if we were having a conversation and there was no microphone, it might sound slightly differently, right? Because right. going through a microphone and an audio interface and out to StreamYard and then to YouTube, and then there's compression added along the way and whatnot. But in general, this is just the way I would be talking if the two of us were sitting around having a conversation. Maybe I'd be a little more low key. You know, I, you, you got to bring a little energy. You got to make it a little bit larger than life, but in general, um, it, it really is the person, right? I mean, in the end, most people who are teaching people how to succeed on YouTube with live video, with they're teaching how to beat the algorithm, how to, come up with a new piece of gear that'll change the game or this or that what they they don't want to focus on is how do we actually make the person be good how do we get them to get better how do we get them to get more confident how do we get them to have content that actually aligns with what their their goals are and that's the tough thing and you know just i'm sure you know from working with people that's the thing that makes the difference, right? Um, I, yeah, I I mean, mean I built my most of like my whatever I have, right? I built it using the built-in webcam, sitting in the dark, <laughs> using a USB microphone right. uh, because we were having these kind of conversations, and I people seem to like that, right? The way I do that, the way I do an interview, yes, right? Absolutely. So. Um, I always said like the gear should be behind the content, right? Like the quality of what you're putting out there. Then you say, okay, I think I I could, this is worthy of uh, uh, stepping up a microphone or stepping up a camera. I mean, I waited until this, this year to get a, a, uh, a mirrorless camera or a professional, I don't know if you call it professional, but prosumer sure. switcher, you know, prosumer camera. Um, basically I focused on the audio because right now what we're doing is essentially talk radio with cameras. That's right. But like you were saying, what are some things that you see when you look at live streams that 
little techniques or tactics that you say most people could just do this little thing here or there and it could make a, a, a nice difference in how people perceive their video, their audio, their, their presentation, the way they speak. The entire package could look better if they did a couple of simple things. Oh, absolutely. Number one is to, before you ever get on camera, know why you're getting on camera, know what mm. you're going to communicate. And I don't mean necessarily like PowerPoint bullet points, I'm going to say this or that, but know the gist of what it is that's really important that you want to talk about. The, the big thing is once the camera goes, the stream starts, is to get going quickly, get to the point. Don't spend three or four minutes and, you know, being uh, nice mm. to everybody. That's a wonderful thing. But there's a way to say that, say, you know, hey, thanks for being here today. It is so awesome to see you all. Bob, I love seeing you. Thanks so much, really, for coming back today. This is what we're going to get into. You're going to find out how to do 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 do. You know, so I think there's a some of that will work. And um, and I think that's I think that helps people understand quickly whether or not they want to invest the time to continue watching. And the other thing is, is that I think that graphics are becoming and they, they always have been to me, but they're they're becoming very, very important in the world of live streaming. And there's a lot of live streamers that I think need to make, simply as it sounds, they got to make their titles bigger because you cannot read them on a, a smartphone. And I've had this conversation with probably a hundred different people in 2020 because right. we end up thinking about we're editing on a big TV, but we rarely are, you know, really checking things out on the phone or maybe we do, but we don't pay attention. <laughs> but I would say just paying attention to the graphics and really your own camera presence of how you come into a program and then the other part of it is, and this is where I'm actually thinking about writing a book this year. Uh, I last year had thought about writing the live guide to the rhythm and pace of TV and understanding how to make your live streams look more like TV. <laughs> and I think that that's the secret. A lot of people think, well, TV's because it's got the bright lights and they've got the big cameras and all that. Again, the technology has nothing to do with the technique. If you watch CNN and the camera's moving in and Wolf Blitzer comes on, he's like, I'm Wolf Blitzer from the Situation Room. Today, Donald Trump is still in office, but Joe Biden says he's the president. And then they get to the bullet points. And within a minute, you've got a very good idea on what's happening in the right. world. And if you want deeper context, then you stick around for them saying, with me now is Ross Brand, who's the defense minister of Canada, right? Or whatever. <laughs> and uh, and so that's one style. But then if you look at NPR, which you know can kind of put you to sleep sometimes, only to second to C-SPAN, <laughs> very much like we've got all day to talk right and that is to me the single biggest mistake that live streamers make they don't hold themselves to a schedule and being over that's fine because at least you're mm -hmm. planning you kind of are still building good segments into things but when you just go open form and go i'm going to be here for three hours kind of just talking right there's nothing wrong with that but that becomes a kind of a vlog that's not necessarily a show so to speak right and so i kind of divide those two but th those are some of the things i think could really make people um, a little bit better on camera. It's just, you know, practicing. Um, Ross, if it's okay, I want to just throw a shout out. I've had uh, for the last four years, a little private Facebook group that originally was just me called the Digital Green Room from Jeff and High Def. And this is where I would go in and log in my um, streams before I went live to see how bad I was doing. And they were horrendous. I'd show up and no audio, no video, that kind of thing, but I could at least right. see it. And I started inviting a couple of the little friends and things. And only in the last month and a half have I opened it up to a lot more of my friends because we're all in the same place. We're entrepreneurs who are isolated, um, trying to find the best in life, dealing with the worst challenges in life right now. Um, and I want to grow together. I want us to, to, right. to try to um, be a digital family. And if uh, you're somebody that uh, could see value in being part of something like that and you want to share your expertise and at the same time be vulnerable. And, you know, again, I don't want it to be a place where people are only putting out great things. 
I want it to be where we're seeing the X so we can all get, get together and say, hey, you know what, man, if you tried doing something like that, I think right. we can make that better. And I, there are, these guys are some of my best friends, and they're already doing that and have for years in my life. And it's called the Digital Green Room from Jeff and High Def. And I've decided today that I'm going to open it up to a lot more people because I think it's just a, it's a neat thing to do. And I love helping people and I love learning from everybody. Nobody has all the answers and anybody who acts like they do, there's someone you run from. So, And it's it's a Facebook group. It's a Facebook group. I'm just typing it out here. Jeff and Hyde Def. I'm going to send that out to all the different destinations and we'll pick the youtube one and put that on the screen so it's called the digital green room from jeff and high def yeah you put and, those and into and a facebook search my, i'm, yeah, I'm so sorry about that there's a little bit of a delay um i spell my name with all that glued together so if it doesn't right. work that way just glue jeff and high def together <laughs> there you go the digital green room well thanks for thanks for sharing that i'm uh, actually looking forward to joining yes. after after we uh wrap up but um, okay, so 2021, what what do you think in terms of businesses, brands, um, even even uh, solopreneurs, what, what do you think they're going to be looking to do with live video in this coming year? What Do you think things have changed because of COVID? Do you think um, yeah. it's just been an accelerator in where we're going? Or do you think people have a whole new view of live streaming and what it what it means i you know honestly my honest answer is yes to all of the above because i think it's all of those things um i look at it a lot like a like a duraflame log that you like march everybody was locked in they had to go online whether they wanted to or not it blew up it lit really quickly and then it kind of got old and simmered down and now everybody's like well what else can it do right and so Mm -hmm. i think 2021 is going to be the year where live streamers that embrace the idea of producing content of value and i don't mean just the technical shots like we talked about but adding story to their their world adding the the journalistic part of of what it looks like a little bit more maybe like tv and i say that sometimes but um i think those are the ones that are going to get the jobs because i think if all you have to offer is a nice set of gear in the back of a van or a garage and you can show up and set up that's great but what is your differentiator? At some point, it's going to be who's the cheapest. And then you're right. going to complain because somebody did it for $12 because they that's that's just who they are, right? And so for you to be different and to be separated, I think you need to embrace the idea of learning how to do content in some new and different ways. And like I said, none of this, I mean, TV is not magic. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. can learn this, the, this stuff. Uh, so there's a number of ways that I think that can take shape. But I think that's the big thing is really live streaming is changing. Zoom mm-hmm. fatigue is a real word. And I think that really points to the fact that people are doing Zooms that are way too long uh, mm-hmm. and they're not doing anything in them that is other than some guy sitting at his desk with his hand on his head talking with a pencil. <laughs> Who would want to watch that, right? So you've got right. to do something more. And so like when, when I go into Zooms, even when I'm talking to just friends on Zooms, I go in the, looking the way I do here, not necessarily to like impress everybody, but I like the idea that it looks different. Right, and right. It's a good nonverbal that says that guy knows something about this. And so... Yeah, it's easy to stand out on a Zoom when you right. know, when you're most, just doing basic people are things, like, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, what's interesting though is the bar has been lifted some because it used to be good enough to just be able to figure out how to do this, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of your production value, and now that everybody's figuring out 
oh, you know, I should get an external webcam. I should get a microphone. I should look at the camera more. Uh, you're seeing you're seeing people who do this more more prolific in creating live stream content now. Oh, maybe I should get a DSLR and mirrorless camera. Maybe I should get a switcher. Maybe I, you know, maybe I should record my podcast locally rather than, you know, download the Facebook and rip the, you know, you're seeing people, maybe, uh, maybe the default editing program in my phone or computer isn't good enough. Maybe I should, I should up level. And within that, I think the bar is rising for everyone. But what's interesting, you know, when you talked about like be more like TV, TV is also trying to look a little bit more like social, isn't it? It's trying to look a it little is. more like streaming. <laughs> it is. And that that leads into the contribution for the prediction that I made for this year. <laughs> and by the way, thanks for having me for another year on this. My yeah, prediction is that I believe this is the year that TV is going to embrace live stream content as a form of content for TV. I think we're seeing this. If you've got some of the smart TVs, I've got a, a, a couple of the Samsungs that have the uh, TV plus on it. And it is full of gaming channels and people mm -hmm. who are producing content fail army. Everybody knows what that is watching everybody uh, keep the doctors in business by falling over. Um, it's, a, you know, they, they've got like a 30 minute show on that now. Right. And, and so I think what we're seeing is the TV's in, in trouble because the model of TV by itself and that, and again, I, you know, actually I would say TV, Using that term TV is exactly like using the word content. That is so vague. The, the institutional model we know as TV has, ha has had to change and adopt, and it's continually changing, and it's running out of money because it keeps making old sitcoms, remakes that nobody watches and things, and so they're trying to find some new things. Live is creating new and innovative content. The people who are really figured that out and are doing it right, and I think we're going to begin to see some of these players make their way into the mainstream on television this year the only question is is whether tv and the producers there are going to try to change it and turn it back mm -hmm. into something that ruins it and then they're going to, have to try it again you know that kind of thing but i think we're going to see see live content become part of a tv generation and tv's always been in the search for affordable content mm -hmm. right yeah. reality shows another news magazine program all these things that are relatively inexpensive to produce versus, you know, getting a, an entertainment studio involved and scripts. Right. And then, so do you see that actually some of what people are looking at on Facebook watch or YouTube live, a, a local TV station, maybe a net maybe a cable network might just say, Hey, that's pretty entertaining. It's good conversation or, you know, it's produced well enough. Um, why don't we fill in three to four in the afternoon with that? You, you think I that's actually coming? Think that's exactly where it's going. Yeah. I think what will happen is, is that the content uh, creator is going to have to make some changes to, to segment their work so they can have the ad breaks where they're expected. That's one of the things I wish Facebook would do uh, that they, you know, they come out of left field. It'd be nice if they would say on your streams at, you know, 120, 250 and 550, we're going to stop for 10 seconds. That way you could say, right. Hey, we'll be right back. And then you'll see it happen. And you come back out and it's more like, more like a structured kind of a program. But yeah, no, I do. I do think that you're going to see that kind of thing where they're where where they're bringing that content over and just reforming it in a, in a way that will work. Because let's let's face it: if everybody's staring in their phone at something other than them, they're going to go out of business. Right, right, right. Pretty right. simple. Well, it's been phenomenal having you on. We're going to have to do this again. Um, it, it, it's great having you on. There's so much more we can talk about, uh, but it's been fabulous hearing about 
all your different experiences. Congratulations on the two Emmys and the four nominations and just the phenomenal work you're doing and how you've always been super helpful and supportive to people who are trying to do this and do it at a, a nice level and trying to put out content that's constructive, creative, and, and, and helpful to others. So I, I really appreciate that. Jeff in high def TV, all one word, Jeff in high def dot TV is his website. A lot of cool stuff to check out there. A lot of great videos and you can see his different services. And then if you'd like to join, it is called the digital green room. There it is. The digital green room, uh, just put Jeff and high def without the spaces, yeah, but it's the digital the green room on Facebook. It's a Facebook group and he's opening it up to people to learn and share their expertise and share ideas. And we all get, get better in the process. So thanks well, speaking, again, Jeff. Speaking of getting, getting better Ross, I do want to take a moment here just to tell you how proud I am of what you've been able to do. I've been a, just a huge fan of yours. Um, we go back to blab. Blab was the platform that basically made me realize that live streaming was really back. I'd kind of given up on it. I'd gone through the radio and the stuff in you know, the early mm -hmm. part of the 2000s. And man, I was like, wow, September of 2015. I don't think I did. I didn't I don't think I got anything done because Blab was just so fascinating. Shout out to Jenny Q and a lot of our other friends that are old Blabs uh, hanging around here. But um, it's, it's one of these things where what you've done is exactly the way to do it. If you want to be a master live streamer, start where you are have something of value that people would love to hear about. Don't make it about yourself and make it entertaining. And you're going to find that there are going to be people to come and join you on that journey. Well, thank you so much. That's really nice of you. Jeff in high def, Jeff in high def TV. Jeffrey Fitzgerald is the full name. It's great to see you. And it, it's an honor to have you on. And again, congratulations on the Emmys, but all the great work that you're doing. Well, it's an honor to be here as always. Thank you. And as you know, we have uh, a bunch of shows now on StreamYard. So just take a look at the schedule. And almost every day, there's something good to watch. You have the StreamYard Town Hall on Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. Tuesdays, Daniel Glickman hosts the StreamYard Tech Talk show, 11 a.m. Eastern. Two Cents with Benz. Dana Benz is Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. That's on her YouTube channel. Of course, you'll come back here every Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. StreamYard Connect. We have the co-founder and executive producer of the Comedy Central's Daily Show coming up next week. Uh, Madeline Smithberg. She's the host of Mad in the Kitchen. We're going to talk to her about StreamYard and television and a whole bunch of different topics. It's going to be a fun show. And of course, every Thursday night, it is uh, StreamYard Spotlight. I shouldn't say every Thursday night because I don't know whether they're doing one on New Year's Eve or not. But typically on a Thursday night, take a look for Dana and Kelsey. Uh, Dana Bentz and Kelsey Bentz do a, a great show. They feature you, the StreamYard user, and they talk about how you're using the product, how you're live streaming, what you're doing. It's a great show. That's StreamYard Spotlight Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, have a great new year, everybody. I can't wait to be back next year with more shows. Thank you all for coming out. Um, there was a question uh, I wanted to get to a question about my background, whether this was available in the pro plan. 
actually, I just took the color of the StreamYard graphic, and then I took one of the assets, took the background out, and that's how I, I made that. Uh, so you could do, you could do your own with the color or with, uh, you know, the StreamYard logo that's in the, um, that's in by default. Like you could use uh, this one. So uh, that's all part of what you get with StreamYard. But this is just taking the color and putting a solid background and then putting uh, a couple of StreamYard assets on it. So that answers that question. So again. Have a wonderful new year. We'll see you again next week. If you're not yet using StreamYard, check it out. StreamYard, you can find at LivestreamUniverse.com slash StreamYard, LivestreamUniverse.com slash StreamYard. And have a great day, everybody.